The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the importance of the optimal MarTech stack. Joining us is Nicholas Dorn, who is the CEO of FileStage, which is a content review and approval platform for marketing teams. And in addition to being our guest today, FileStage is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So we're grateful for their support. Yesterday, Nicholas and I talked about how to grow a SaaS startup, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about the optimal MarTech stack. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of FileStage. Nicholas, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again for having me today. Excited to have you back. Again, appreciate your sponsorship of the MarTech Podcast and for your time coming back and continuing our conversation Yesterday, we talked about your experience growing a SaaS startup and specifically how the marketing strategies changed and your ICP, your targeting, your customer segmentation evolved over time. You've been running File Stage since 2014 to help your customers review and get approvals for their content. And part of that is an important step in the process of building out your technology stack. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about not necessarily how did you grow your organization, but where does the approval process fit in and why is there a need for technology? Help me figure out what the right MarTech stack looks like today. The answer is always, it depends, of course, on what kind of company you are, what kind of profile you have and what kind of things you like and dislike. For me, it always starts with the question, if you are a best of suite or a best of breed type or company, I strongly prefer to be best of breed, but I think it's a natural thing with FileStage because we just fit very well into the content marketing tech stack. And for me personally, I think having a best of breed tech stack really makes sense because you can really look at your individual workflow and really say, okay, for example, I have a content creation tool, I prefer this. Then for content planning, I prefer this. For review and approval, I prefer FileStage or something else. And then for digital asset management and distribution, I prefer again something else. And you're completely free in finding the tools that you like, that work well, and then you can just connect the tools you like versus you're forced to buy one big marketing tech solution that can do everything, but maybe just 80% of what you like. And I just like the flexibility of building a tech stack on your own, just finding the best tools and 
maybe over time selecting new tools and removing other tools, I think is a very good way to start. When it comes to a marketing tech stack, for me, it's obvious that you start thinking about first what you like to produce and what you like to get done. And then you go into figuring out what is my process, what are my needs. And then normally you should go in and try to find the best tools along the value chain that really fit and then really start. But I know reality is also people have worked somewhere else. They come with a tool and say, hey, I've used this tool. It's really great. Let's do it. And then they build something around it which I think is also a legitimate way to start and then do it. But at least in theory, I think it makes sense to map out kind of your process first. So there's a lot to unpack there. First and foremost, and I agree with this as a starting point, is you need to figure out what you're trying to accomplish and try to do it yourself before there is a big technology investment. Do, document, process, automate, right? That's what we say here at the MarTech Podcast. Whenever we're creating content, I created our first episode. I was the editor. I realized what a terrible pain in the butt editing content was, but I did it for our first episode. And then I said, okay, this is what I want our content to sound like. I shouldn't be doing this. Let me go find a resource or a technology to do this for me. Now we use our editor, Panos, best in the business. That helps us edit all of our content, but he's been working with us for five years. So first step in the process is figure out what you're trying to accomplish, do it yourself, and then look for process and technology. Now, you mentioned another important point, which is the debate between point solutions and platforms. You seem to be in the point solution camp because it allows you to create more control. There are platforms like Salesforce, like HubSpot, which are... I don't know, more a sort of one-size-fits-all platforms that can help you do all sorts of things across your entire technology stack. And they're also starting to integrate as sort of a hub-and-spoke system. Why do you feel that using point solutions to solve your technology problems is a more effective way to build a tech stack, as opposed to relying on a platform that, in theory, can do everything you need across your entire stack? Yeah, I think it just gives you a lot more flexibility. And nowadays things are changing quickly. So on the one side, you as a company change quickly, your team changes, maybe your needs change within a year or so. Maybe your marketing channels change. I personally think it just makes sense to have the flexibility to switch certain parts of your tech stack on the fly, let's say with your needs, find something new, replace stuff. On the other side, it often comes those solutions that you find for different parts of the tech stack. So are really specialized. So I mean, of course, if you take us, we are specialized in review and approval. We do that part quite well. So you can give feedback very easily to any kind of content. You can organize your approval process, but we don't do anything else. We are not a project management solution or we are not a digital asset management solution and so on. So we are just specialized and get better and better doing this. And I think this is a big chance to really trying to find the best solutions out there and then working just with the best you can get and connect them. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. 
Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. At my last startup, I butt heads with the CTO all of the time because every single piece of technology he wanted to build in-house. And not to say I was right, but he was wrong. Marketing doesn't work that way, right? You can't build every single marketing tool yourself. And so while we were thinking about, well, we want to publish content, he's like, great, I'll go build a content management system for you. And we're going to white label it and we're going to use open source code and we'll own everything. It'll be proprietary. And he was thinking about raising the value of our equity because we own the platform. We'd built a proprietary technology that integrated into the rest of our marketing systems. And I'm sitting here saying, I can get MailChimp to start sending emails today. I can use, at the time, Marketo to start doing marketing automations quickly. I can integrate our CRM into Facebook and start launching our ad campaigns. I don't need to build all these connectors myself. I think there's an important debate to be had about building your tech stack in-house and what needs to be proprietary to your organization and building something that can connect to the rest of the marketing world. Talk to me about your approach with FileStage. How do you integrate with some of the other platforms and programs, or are you just purely an independent siloed piece of somebody's tech stack? Yeah, I think nowadays it just doesn't make sense to be a siloed SaaS solution, I think. The world is connected. Everything needs to talk to each other. So also at FileStage internally, I strongly believe in owning our core processes and owning what's really core to us and doing it well. And for all the other things, we outsource it and we try to take external services that are doing a great job. And that's the same for FileStage. So the solution itself works super well for review and approval. But then, yeah, I know there are great project management solutions out there. For example, Asana. So we've built an Asana integration. And the other reason there is also that our customers really asked for that. Uh, many of them are using it. Then it just makes sense to say, hey, where do I typically start my content creation process? Where do I typically have my files? And many people said, okay, I use Google Drive. I have Dropbox. This is my place where all my files are stored. So we offered like integration there so people can just with one click upload their stuff into FileStage. There are many more and more integrations in this direction. The latest one is Microsoft Teams, of course, for all the corporates out there, super important. And I think also Slack, because what we typically have is like, hey, people talk about content in FileStage, but at the same time, of course, they're not in FileStage all the time, but they're usually in their, in their chat tools. They're usually 
using emails. So what we do, we give them notifications. And I think this is the main thing most companies or software tools basically do. But I feel it makes sense to just make it as easy as possible for them to be updated about what's necessary or important for them to understand what's going on. And that was also quite difficult for us to get right. Some people want to be pinged immediately. Some people want a daily summary. Some of them want to customize everything and say, no, just Friday, please send me this information. And Thursday, I just want to get, I don't know, no comments. And we feel it's super important to just, let's say, communicate in the channels that people already use, like Slack or Microsoft Teams or email, if it's like that. Or if it's a project management tool, then yes, I have all the information in Asana um, because this is the place where they spend most of their time. And I think this is why it just makes sense for a solution like Fisos to reintegrate. Yeah, I think that the world you mentioned is becoming more and more connected. So even when you're making the debate of point solutions versus an all-in-one platform, the difference between those two isn't that much anymore. Because if you're using, let's say, a HubSpot presenting sponsor of the MarTech podcast, we're a member of the HubSpot podcast network. But if you're using a HubSpot, you can always integrate some of the other point solutions into that platform. And so the connectors are starting to make it easier to use platforms that have rich, deep integration, rich, deep integrations. Now, the title of this episode is the Optimal MarTech Stack. And part of that is optimizing. When you're thinking about what your tech stack is and you're trying to make sure that it is efficient, not only from a process perspective, also from a cost perspective, how do you think about the pain of changing your MarTech stack, ripping out a piece of technology, integrating something new? How do you actually recommend companies optimize their MarTech stack? I think one way is to really think initially also about some of the core solutions you want to use. So I think HubSpot is a good example. We also decided to work with HubSpot as one of our core systems. And around HubSpot, we have many other systems or tools basically that integrate with that. And that helps. So changing the core system versus changing services around that core system is, I think, a different thing. And nowadays, it's more or less like integrations are installed within a couple of clicks and you can really try out new things and make the data flow between tools. That's normally the way it should be. And for us, it's also one criteria when we select new tools for our tech stack and say, hey, this is something we could try. We always go for solutions that are easy to use, that are not complicated, and then also easy to set up. I can tell you a story. We switched a while ago to Vitaly, the customer success management tool, and I can strongly recommend really to use it. It's really, really perfect. And before that, we tried to use another tool. I will not mention the name, but let's say it took us nine months, including our CTO, to install it, to make all the data available within the tool before we could even start to use it for customer success management. And it was the worst process ever. The longest onboarding I've ever experienced. And from that moment onwards, we said, okay, we never go for a solution anymore that promised us that can do everything, but in reality is so cumbersome to use, impossible. So I strongly believe you have to be able to use a solution within half an hour or something and install it and then switch it and turn it on in your tech stack. Then you can make more workflow optimizations and things over time. But I think let's say initially to give it a try. Honestly, I'm a little torn. I think that there are times when you need a big, rich, hairy, complicated platform. If you're a large enterprise, you might want Salesforce. And it takes time to migrate from 
one tool to the other, right? The bigger the tool is, the more dependent you are on it, the harder it is to replace. And that not only matters from a cost perspective, from an onboarding perspective, but also for future proofing. If you are dependent on a technology solution and you've been using it for a long time, your whole team is using it, it's hard to rip it out and replace it. If you are using point solutions and you're duct taping and gluing disparate different SaaS tools together and getting your data to feed through various connectors, it's easier to rip one tool out and replace it because you're not so dependent on it. But you also run the risk of what happens if your connectors break? What happens if there's another point solution that you want to use and it doesn't integrate into your platform? And so there's this ongoing debate. I honestly don't know if the optimal MarTech stack exists. I think we're all trying to achieve the optimal scenario with our technology and how it can automate our processes, but it's something that always requires thought, effort, process, evaluation, something we're always striving towards. And that wraps up episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of FileStage. In the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Nicholas and I are going to talk about productivity increasing technology. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Nicholas, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Nicholas underscore Dorn. That's N-I-K-L-A-S underscore D-O-R-N. Or you can visit his website, which is filestage.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.